Clean contact. I hit it again because that shot was a defining moment. And when a defining moment comes along, you define the moment. Or the moment defines you. tractor beams around you think it's strange that you're like you master you you're a highly skilled golfer left hand and right-handed but like you have trouble remembering how to hold the microphone honestly god well i mean it's given me the whole process has given me an appreciation of mindfulness <laughs> <laughs> because you know yeah all right all right well let's get going since you got a hard out at two, you're out yep. out the door at two. Yep. Great. All right. Hello and welcome to the Golf Practice Podcast. My name is Andy Hayes, and with me, um, fresh out of a from a tournament, member guest, it's the Godfather of Golf, Peter Donahue. <laughs> Pete, Andy, thank you for welcoming me back. It was yes. I mean, I had a terrific uh, two week vacation in New England where I. I got where my family comes from, uh, and uh, so I got to visit a lot of cousins and aunts and uncles, and uh, I played golf uh, all over New England at some of the best golf courses out there, uh, and oh. it was great. And, and I finished it up with a member guest, like you say it. Yeah, so you alluded to this on a previous podcast when you said that you had to start keeping a handicap. Yes. Because you were going to play and a member guest yes so i'm i'm kind of curious if we could talk about that entire that entire process well like, process when did you find out you were going to do it and then and how many you know how many rounds did you actually get in you know that were able to count for your handicap well not that many rounds okay. i i found out about it in may and uh and at the time i was you know playing lefty and what my experience was that um my body, you know, still needed a lot of work to to regain a certain robustness, uh, to be able to uh, maintain ground forces and produce power and and accuracy of strike. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I I was uh, especially left-handed. I found that I just wasn't uh, as coordinated as I remember myself being. Uh, you know, uh, when I f first started playing left-handed. Because I was better before, as we've talked about, you know, mm -hmm. I could, I could shoot it in the '70s, yeah. uh, and then I, after I got hurt two and a half years ago, I just uh, got feeble, and I'm wor working my way back, and um, and I'm, you know, regained a lot, but uh, I'm still not that. I, I can still be really incompetent swinging okay. the club. <laughs> um. So who was this? Who was the? Uh who was the member? The member was my cousin. Is my cousin Matt? And to answer your question, I played. I started playing a few rounds right-handed, so I only played uh, like uh, six rounds of golf to turn that in. But the Chicago District will give you an index after a couple, and I played a great round at Lasonia, so that really ended up to be the deciding factor. You know, that was I, I was awarded a three point five handicap, and I told my cousin, wow. I said, listen. 
I mean, that's just, that's ridiculous. And so we don't have any threat of making enemies out there. We're just going to get the, you know, the sportsmanship award for being in there pitching. And, uh, and, and so they did it in a really good way. They had 10 flights, and what they do is add up your handicaps, and they simply divide the field by the totals of your handicaps. So you were playing, but then in the groups, what you were doing was everybody was playing off the low handicap. So, so I got no yeah. shots, mm. and they all got shots. Now my cousin, Matt, uh, is about a 22 handicap. And the last time I visited him was like three years ago, and he was not really a competent golfer. He he couldn't control the club face. He sort of uh, he couldn't hit the ball very far and, and, and couldn't find really any fairways. If he didn't keep it out of the right rough, it was a miracle. <laughs> and, uh, and this time, as I told him, I said, man, I can't believe, you know, how much you've improved. And at any rate... Uh, we got a few points. We we had a, a five matches, and uh, oh. it, it was great. Yeah, it was great. What was the course? Quichi, Vermont. It's a. Mm. Uh, it was started as a concept. Uh, you know, maybe in the '60s or the '70s. Uh, the idea was to. It's it's. Uh, Vermont is mountainous, okay. and, you know, steep enough to have ski runs, but not like. The ski no, runs over yeah. pretty fast, but yeah, it's a sure. good it's a good hill. So, at any rate, they had this idea that they'd uh, uh, have a multi-sport mm. facility okay. and that they'd end up selling real estate and developing a community. And it was slow to happen, mm-hmm. but it has happened. Yeah. And so, uh, so at any rate, it's a uh, the golf courses were really challenging with uh, the the glacial ups and downs that you find in the kettle moraine around here when you go uh you know up around eagle and drive up in wisconsin from there um you know there it's the same it's but you you know add mountains so you're really traveling up and down significant hills and and when you're standing on the side of a hill and you're not really it's it's sometimes difficult to be cognizant of whether you're actually going uphill or downhill wow yeah So the greens were uh, those, this uh, this one up uh, golf. They call it the Highlands. This golf course were like so many turtlebacks. So you you could you know it would they would just pull your pants down. You know if you were short you hit into a slope and now you were left oh, with yeah. a slick uphill flat downhill. Yeah, tough. It was tough. Well, did you have a favorite course you played? Or a, you know, uh, most memorable round, s- most memorable shot. Well, pole. you know, man, I played. I played great golf courses. I played. We played two courses at Queechy, and I would say the Highlands is one of the hardest golf courses I've ever played, and, uh, and it's one of the hardest golf courses in New England. And but the other golf course, the the one that goes around the river and stuff, was a was a fun golf course. It mixed really twisting tight stuff sure. with bunkers and okay. swamp ground and uh and you know all 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 these kind of diagonal carries uh where you know the guys said to me on 16 I hit a ball and I said oh nice shot and it takes this line and it hits the bank it goes back in the water oh, no. so now yeah good shot yeah. for them yeah <laughs> I'm re-teeing wow. at three but yeah. but it was uh, so the holes would challenge you and then I played Winchester 
which is a you know is a outside of Boston, and it's one of the the best golf courses around there. One of the best golf courses I've ever played, and I played an old golf course that was started in in uh, 1875. Yeah, in wow. uh, uh, on an island uh, above Lowell, Massachusetts, which uh, was where my father uh, and his family come from, and and uh, uh, there's a confluence of two rivers, and the and the first club was nine holes, and it was mm-hmm. built on this island between the rivers, and uh, Donald Ross designed it, uh, redesigned it, I guess at some point oh, when it became sure. an eighteen-hole course, Vesper, it's called, and. Um, uh, so there's a lot of old oh. stories about my great grandfather and who made a hole in one out there, and yeah, and so so wow. there's all Jeez. all of that. Your great grandfather, yeah, DJ. His name was DJ. Yeah, he came from Ireland when he was one years old, okay. and he uh, uh, he became he read for the law and he became a lawyer. Okay. And uh, in those days, the law in a in a place like Boston was like a guild. Like, there weren't that many, and they'd sort of divide up the tasks. Well, you'll okay. do the wills, and you'll do the trial stuff, and you'll do the... So it was different. You know, it was different. Yeah. It was what kind year of, would that have been that he, he made the hole-in-one? Uh, oh, well, you know, that's a good question, because he was one year old in, in 1861. So oh, wow. the so golf course was built in 1875, so I would say that was around in then. his wheelhouse somewhere, you know... Uh, for the uh, 19th or the 20th century, rather. Wow. Yeah. So he was like probably one of the first golfers in America. Yeah, I think I think that would, <laughs> I think that would be right. Yeah, and uh, I always knew I was going to be a golfer. Oh. You know, my grandfather played. Uh, his son DJ uh, yeah. was Joe Donahue, and uh, Joe was a lawyer with his father, and uh, uh, and he loved golf. But mm-hmm. when they had, you know, the seventh kid his wife said you'll yeah. be doing what <laughs> yeah, when it was six kids you know he had plenty of time yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right that's right there was a different you know such a different household in those days uh, there were three floors to the house that my father grew up in and uh, and on the on the the couple of the boys and uh, one of the mothers-in-law was on the third floor and then the mother the grand, yeah. my grandmother's mother slept on the uh, second floor with the other kids. So you had multi generations, and uh, you know, just a very bustling household all the time. Jeez. Amazing wow. how it changed after the war. Wow. Yeah. Um, so so you this week you played like you played the hole that your grand your great grandfather DJ got a hole in one on. Yeah. Yeah. And what was that hole? Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's a. Right now, it's a typical Donald Ross hole. Okay. It, it's it's the green is 225, 230 yards away, and it sits uh, up on a on a hill, mm-hmm. and there's a diagonal ridge that runs along. So the the, the shortest distance is to hit to the right, huh. and then you know yeah. The, so you're like taking off. You're choosing what you want to carry. Exactly. Yeah. You'll have a long putt, mm-hmm. but if you want to attack the the left flag, you got to you know. You've got to take on the cavern, yeah, and uh, or the, the the ridge in the valley. It's more, and so uh, it's it's a great hole. Whenever you hit a great, uh, I can remember all the good shots I've hit on that hole. I didn't hit oh. a good shot this time, but Jeez. but it was fun to play it again, and fun to think of, you know, 
my playing with my father and my uncles when they were, you know, so like every golfer men. in your family has like been playing this course. Yeah, for, for yeah, since my great grandfather. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Like it really is. You know, it's like 150 years later. Yeah. Isn't that Crazy. something? Yeah. They invented, uh, in fact, the Vesper Bent was a grass, was a tr- putting turf grass that they invented there. My uncle said it was like velvet, but it, was, it wasn't very fast, but it okay. was very smooth. Jeez. So uh, they don't use Vesper Bent anymore, I don't <laughs> Probably think. Probably not. No. Um, so, so it was great. It was great. Great to think and great to, you know, wave to guys boating under the bridge when you're walking over, you know, it's like a, there's a lot, you know, a sense of community out there. That's what I love about the, you know, the opening up of all these golf courses. Now guys like my uncle, who's 90 years old is grousing about the fact that we've taken so many trees out, but you know, <laughs> those guys, you're never going to change their opinion. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there probably weren't that many trees in, 1875, or they weren't that big. And you know, they grew. Andy, yeah. I'm going to tell you something. On Cape Cod, I, I, you know, I went there in the 50s, mm-hmm. and the and through the 60s. You know, I go out there and visit my grandparents, uh, and it was just beach grass, and now it's unrecognizable how the vegetation mm-hmm. has grown and the countries. You know, when you used to go down into Woods Hole, when you'd hit the top of this hill and start coming down, you'd see the whole harbor and all the buildings and stuff. And now the trees are just amazingly. Uh, so the countryside changes. One wonders, well, why did it look treeless back then? I mean, vegetation's been growing for thousands of years. Like, had they logged it all <laughs> off to build boats and burn? Uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But anyhow, times change, and it's interesting across the course of a lifetime to sort of intermittently check in with topography and understand, uh, you know, that the whole we're all aging in uh, yeah. our, our different ways. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's that's a cool story, Pete. I I don't know. I'm just thinking through. You know, everyone's got their family like stories or like connections with golf and like places. Um, for me, it's like um, things happen. Like th- we find these old clubs in my grandma's cabin. It's like, oh yeah, she used to play golf. Like you know, obviously she like, didn't play that much. She like, had a set of clubs, or like Zach. We talked on podcasts like Zach's uncle when he like passed away, and he had all these like vintage clubs that we found. No kidding. So yeah, like eleven sets. All those like all those persimmons that we have in the back. That's from from Zach's uncle. Oh, I um, think that's a treasure. And so it's really cool, but but it's but it was like sad the sad part of the story is that like we didn't know like you know, the person who who had all those clubs is like a person who's really really into golf. Yeah. And in the and we just knew him we knew that he liked golf and enjoyed golf, but yeah. we didn't know it was like quite at that level. And so when we found this it was like it was cool and interesting because we learned more about him, but also it was like, "Oh man, like I wish yeah. We knew that about him like when yeah. he was still alive. So yeah. we could have like talked about it or like he we could have gone over there and he could have shown it us the stuff and stuff like that. But Absolutely. But like you've got these stories from I don't know, probably first time you played golf, it was like your great grandfather got a hole in one on You know, actually this I, hole. you know, uh you know, that part of my interest to go on this trip was to learn more about it. Mm-hmm. You know, cuz I I grew up in this family. My father you know, moved us to Illinois in when I was three years old. Oh, 
So okay. we go, so I have a memory, of, you know, a very, of memories of being in the house when I was three years old. And I'd go back there maybe on, we go back there once in a while, maybe for Christmas, or we always went to Cape Cod in the summer. It was like Chevy Chase family vacation, loading in <laughs> okay. the back of the family station wagon. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, so, um, so at any rate, I, you know, I knew these people and I, uh, and because there was no television, the family, you know, was together in the evenings for sure. All yeah. of them out on these screen porches and sure. everybody sharing their adventures for the day. And so you really got to hear from everybody and, uh, and got a, you know, a, a and, and then to see my uncles and my father play golf and enjoy each other's company, you know, was really my first introduction to the game. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I can see, and then my, my other grandfather rented a house near a, a golf course where uh, the screened in porch that I sat on was kind of on an angle at the end of the driving range. And so I could see these people, you know, swinging and the balls, you know, hearing them land and bounce over these humps and valleys. So, so I got to see, you know, the uh, the image of the golf swing and uh, and yeah. you know be on the other end and be the target and to see how it rolls out and stuff like that. And, I, and that I still have that memory of that uh, is uh, is I guess speaks to it. Uh, you yeah. know, I was interested in it. You know, it was uh, seeing the rhythmic movement and and waiting for the ball to sure. land somewhere. Yeah. It was like sometimes you'd see it and sometimes you wouldn't. Okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so you said you always knew you'd be a golfer. Um, yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, I always knew, you know, uh, yes, I did. I, I, I knew I would, I knew I liked athletics uh, and uh, I liked running and climbing and, you know, doing all the things that you would think of. Yeah. A little boy would like to do, and in those days we had perfect freedom to do it. And mm -hmm. our mothers didn't worry about where we were, so we explored, yeah. you know, the mysterious places <laughs> and undiscovered places of the world. And we, uh, sure, <laughs> we laughed. <laughs> um, yeah, that's great. So, uh, what? I guess like it's middle of not middle beginning of August. You like were kind of building towards this trip, you know, in some ways. This you summer. know, I was a little, uh, yes, I was building towards the trip, but you know, building uh, in a sort of a uh, goofy way. I mean, if you were going to say, well, you were building as an athlete That's, towards a purpose of performance. It was on your mind, uh, something. Yeah, that I was going to yeah. play. Yeah. Well, when I played with my cousin, uh, you know, we played. When I first got there, uh, we went up to play a practice round because I said, you know, your Thursday, Friday, you know, Thursday practice round, then Friday, Saturday, you know, th uh, 27 holes and then 18 holes on my body is, I can't play on Thursday. So let's play a practice round before I go see the rest of the relatives. <laughs> so we played uh, one of the golf courses and I played left-handed. And, um, and I hit some good shots. I, I, I was, I, you know, I'm developing some strength. Um, yeah. The... Uh, uh, but not, uh, you know, enough en enough strength and now mobility. I've, I've uh, my exercise regimen uh, 
has been like breaking down the the shells that I've created in my body that uh, you know keep me from being able to move fluidly in my pelvis and my upper back. And so uh, as a result of that, I create back injury all the time because things aren't moving. And so the strain's got to go somewhere. And uh, so I've been doing these exercises, and all of a sudden they're starting to be noticeable. This time they were only really noticeable. I mean, not as far as playing really great golf, not there yet. But being able to hit shots and to... Mm-hmm. Pitch shots, but one I played right-handed in the tournament because I had more confidence in myself. Mm-hmm. And without practicing right-handed, I didn't think I'd have to practice because I thought, well, I've been working my body out athletically. Right. I should be stronger, right? And I'm more familiar, and the last time I went out, how my handicap got created was I played one of the best rounds I ever played in my life at Lausonia in July. And uh, so I knew I could play right-handed. I hit some really good, strong iron shots and, you know, was really competent. So I figured, you know, oh, the fact that I haven't played golf and right-handed in a long time, I'll just play two or three rounds before I play in this thing. And um, I needed more. I needed more. You know, I needed to be, you know, more familiar, less... Sure. Sort of floating. It's it's actually my eye line. I don't have a. Uh, I learned something about eye line recently, and uh, and and uh, you know, ultimately, it's it is your eye line that sets your whole commitment and sense of swing. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going out there. You know, right north or west or however yeah. you see things. And it's a, you know, some people really have a good sense of lining up. And as you've seen from being a teacher and in yourself, we can get misaligned. So is that what you're talking about when you say eye line? Like yeah. your alignment, your alignment and yeah. getting. Because when you look away from the target, you know, the way you're holding your head. Yeah. Even if you said, you know. I see. It's just an orientation more yeah. than a vision, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But how you set those eyes. Sure. Um, when you shorten up on one side of your body, like in a stance, if you started to tilt your body to the right, to the yeah. crunch to yeah. the side, yeah. your head is supposed to be able to move in the opposite direction oh, okay. to I'm keep your it. eye line level to the horizon. Okay. And if you can't do that, and that's one of the things that happens to old guys like me, is that, that movement is mm. problematic. When I started yeah. doing this, what you just saw me doing, tilting my head from side to side. When I started doing this uh, six weeks ago, yeah. I couldn't move my head at all to the right. It wow. was like there was a wooden stay that was <laughs> coming down from my ear to my shoulder. Yes. Wow. So it's been a process. And so at any rate, yeah, that's I, what I that's, call athleticism. Mm. You know, your ability to hold your body in different postures. Got it. Yeah, I, I found, I realized early this year that like, my alignment with driver, with driver in particular, would like get way off and be way to the right. And ever since I noticed that, it's been my—I mean, it's been my best driving summer, best driving year ever. So, you know, we've talked talked yeah. for hours about my pain of hitting driver, how I should just not hit, maybe not hit it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Three woods but good enough. Yeah. So but, you've unlocked it. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. 
Well, mm -hmm. I think you know, you know, because if you're really hitting the driver, you're probably locked in and you, yeah. you know how that feels to get set up to the ball and feel very confident about what you're doing. I think it's helped. The biggest thing is I just have like, uh, I started hitting fades yeah. more. Yeah. That's helped. Um, Absolutely. Draw with driver. I'm, there's people on, there's some like coaches who say, who, um, they're like, draw with drivers, no good. Because you get too, too under the plane when you try to hit up on it so much. Interesting. And so that was, I don't know, I found that to be true. So. Well, I mean, I mean, if it's born out in your experience, and it's well, and then with ball, because like then they, they say like naturally you should like you should like if you have like a really pretty good swing, like you should naturally hit like a little draw with with like a nine iron, just because it's like a little back in your stance because you're hitting down on it. Then driver should naturally fade because you're hitting up on it. If you, yeah, if you're, you know, if yeah, and moving it. it forward. Yeah, and moving and moving it forward. Yeah, and and, yeah. and up. Yeah, so. Yeah, it makes sense to me. It doesn't a lot of students, they don't like the thought of like one shot curving one direction and then a different club curving the other direction. But yeah. I think there's lots of professionals who who do that as well. Well, so. you know, you got to make yourself a gyroscope. You know, I mean, sure. like, you know, if yeah. you were hurling this thing around yourself, yeah. you know, can you do it in different slanting orbits sure. and and stuff? I think yeah. that's a measure of athleticism. Yeah, mm -hmm. don't you? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, and speaking of like of alignment stuff, one of my like my biggest weakness as as a human is is parking, parking a car. I like it's always crooked, even if I check it. And so now <laughs> I'm starting to think, like, did that does that impact my golf game? Like, if I can't get a car, you know, straight into a space, like, it has to have something to do with my perception of of things and objects. So. Well, you know, uh, I think it invites a path of like, can you, a uh, guy came up to me, you know, and said, uh, who I played with, George Ramirez, delightful guy, he came up to me and asked me, he said, you know, what about, he said, uh, he said, I just uh, am target, you know, I just hold the, the target in my mind. I'm just a hacker and I, I don't think about how I'm doing it. I just do it from the target. Yeah. And, uh, you know, how, uh, and which I think is fabulous. You know, I think okay. playing from that perspective is, now, if you want to make yourself a better athlete, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to have to pay some attention to the essence of thrust and sure. hurling and, you know, and club yeah. face friction and stuff like that. You're going to have to do mm -hmm. some ball flight slinging. Yeah. You know, and um, uh, so at any rate, I, there, there's at least we just named at least two different perspectives that I think you have to get, you ought to get good if you want to get better at, yeah. at experiencing golf from those two perspectives. Well, yeah, I mean, you got to be. There's got to be some level of like consistency with how you're standing, I think. Well, yeah, not, you know what I'm not, not, not doesn't have to be perfect. Doesn't have to be perfect. But, but like for me, my, so let's say with irons, I tend to get too far to the right. And then my miss gets kind of like, like with like a full swing sandwich would be like a thin miss mm -hmm. because I'm too far right. And then I'm target oriented in my head. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm my natural then is like, I'm pulling across it, which mm -hmm. makes the path outside to in and coming into 
too steep at it. So I think that's kind of that's been one of the things that I've like noticed because I like those ideas of like just focus on the target, have the target in your head as well as well. Because those books and that way of thinking about golf is interesting to me. But yeah. I think there's got to be or at least I have found success this year of like being a little bit more maybe a little more technique oriented and then focusing a lot on alignment. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, you know, you were talking about backing a car in, you know, some no, of that. forwards, pull forwards. I can't do it. Oh, is that yeah, right? Yeah. Even just the easy way. Yeah. Well, backwards yeah. is easier because there's a, you know, there's that uh, video now and my car has lines. So yeah. I could back it in yeah. straight. That would be fine. But pulling but, it straight. Did you yeah. ever, did anybody ever give you any tips about that? I mean, I'm sure they did. Yeah. Well, as a guy told me, you know, very simply, he said, when you're looking over the hood, yeah. you know, uh, and we, and he said, when we do it right this time, when yeah. we get eight inches or ten inches, yeah. whatever it was, away from the curb, yeah. mark visually where that hits the hood. Yeah, like they had, yeah, drive. They had dots on like the, the, windshield, and when I was learning and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Well, so you just go to that. But you know, even if let's just see, Andy, if your errors are always car tilted inward, front tires inward, or outward or if you're overcompensate overcorrecting all the time yeah. first left yeah right. yeah um i can't remember which one it is it, it, there well, is a tendency gonna... i i don't remember which one it is well, but it is got to put on your mr science the same cap. tendency so yeah i mean i'm Start sure it's something that it. i could learn but you know what i mean it's just such a i know it's it's takes a lot for someone to admit their weakness well and it so definitely you have to do it in does. such a public place you know like this yes well um, you know what i mean uh to you know, it's part of your uh, courage. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know, you play right through that. Yeah. 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 You got to keep going. So, yeah. um, so is there anything that you've learned about golf this summer? Not necessarily a personal thing. I mean, it could be, it could have come from personal story, but like, is there anything new you've learned or something that's been reinforced yeah i think uh uh the, there was an awakening about uh practice you know um the deliberateness of your practice is is that um i think you should always like jack nicholas said there, there's a purpose to every shot you know, um, you're, sure. you're never I just idly making a shot. Not that melee is, I don't <laughs> think melee is idle. You know, sure. I think melee is very purposeful. I think it's fast thinking. Mm -hmm. I think it's athletic. Uh, and, you know, Pete uh, Leinenweber, did he send you that video of the Japanese exercise, baseball exercise, where uh, the batter is taking his stance and the guys, there's two guys at a 45-degree angle to him from his front right and okay. front left and they're uh, in rhythm pitching the balls to him and he's he's just going back and forth hitting hmm. driving these sure. balls which to me is like well that's the essence of you know core hurling and striking I mean it's just it's a fabulous exercise you could do that rolling beach balls you know and get the get the, yeah. the swing going in both directions but i'm going to send it to you because just the, just to look at it you see the athleticism of this athlete going both ways mm. so so yeah golf wise that could be like 
if you're even doing that with like tennis balls or something like the fact that the balls are being rolled at you from different angles well, yeah. that's interesting. and you're just going yeah. forehand backhand yeah. you know crosshand yeah. i should say not backhand sure and you're just using your core in the same direction on both sides which that's has always been the bitch with golf because yeah. you know it's such a sided exercise and so you know the athleticism of the body as you you know can feel uh, if you you know do exercises like loading really properly loading over one leg and then the other is that your pelvis is drawn back to that side and you shorten to that side and your ability to pull mm. you know yeah, yeah. your 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 forward hip out mm -hmm. you know matches the thrust of the trail hip you know going forward until uh, well what's moving what you know, is uh, sort of moot. Sure. <laughs> they're, they're both they're both doing a job, and uh, I think. And when you watch this baseball batter swing, you definitely get a different idea about what weight shift is, because he's mm -hmm. never getting up on his lead leg. His lead leg is always pushing back towards the center of the stance, so that the hips are rotating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and the body is turning out in front, and then. Mm -hmm. slanging it and so um so at any rate it's i think you know that kind of uh i think as we, you and i have talked before i think that's a greater f fundamental than you know w uh, whether you were able to put a varden grip sure. on it well it seems like your would this be a fair summary of like your you know discoveries or beliefs about practice of like it's so much less about like getting in the perfect stance and form and like trying to repeat that over and over and it should be more about shot doing making. strange things yeah. like shot making and one gym. hand twist your feet different put your feet together hit to that target with a different club hit now hit that club higher now make it curve different direction like that yeah, yeah. is what you'd probably see that that is more practice Rather you know, than, than something else. When I, I was out with Judah, um, you know, one night a few weeks ago. And uh, Judah is very much a guy who started, uh, you know, learning golf by watching Internet videos of swing motions. Yeah. And so Judah is very much into making this super cool looking athletic yeah. move. Swing, it looks like Tiger Woods. Yeah. And, yeah. He, and, he, and he hits the, the, the you know, the most stupidest inconsistent golf shot i mean he had a golf shot at pine meadow on 17 where he made a swing and he honest to god he hit a foot behind <laughs> foot and a half behind yeah, the ball yeah. and we just looked at each other it was like hey i mean uh -huh. you you know you your brain had some sort of idea and mm -hmm. it wasn't a good idea well, it's just feedback yeah. Yeah, let's sure. try it again but i i noticed one when we were on the golf well, on the driving range mm -hmm. that he was just hitting the ball um you know, really inconsistently. And he was, you know, trying to hit his wedge, you know, just as pure as he could hit it. And yeah. he was making very poor contact. And so, you know, it occurred to me that he, he, he just didn't have, he didn't have a target. And he yeah. wasn't hitting a golf shot. He was, he was making the perfect launch. Mm -hmm. So I asked him to hit a golf shot. I said, you know, can you hit that wedge, you know, six, 50 yards and actually get it to stop at that, target green flag sure. and you know he he hit 15 balls before he mm. was able to hit it 
and have it land in front and so to actually yeah. run up. He, his mind just didn't even imagine the shot. But the thing about Judah, and I think it's true of the, a lot of kids that open up to learning, is that you know, he started to learn from his experiences. And he simply wasn't learning from his experiences the way he was practicing before that. Uh. By just launching balls and searching for the perfect swing and validation that he's a powerful Mm -hmm. athlete, that he could play on tour and all that stuff. Hey, listen, you got to become, first of all, you got to become a competent golfer. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to hit the ball every time you swing at it in a meaningful way. Sure. You know, and progress along. And, and, but a big part of that for Judah is that once he, once he hooks into an idea, he starts producing amazing results. So, you know, he's a, you know, yeah. once, but, but to, to, to get him to change his perspective, how he was going about seeing what he was doing. And so we, you know, we use that same thing with his driver. I, you know, I said, listen, can you hit a golf shot with that thing? You know, he's all he was doing was sitting, hitting these inside out hooks. Mm-hmm. So I said, I, I'd like to see you hit a 150 yard cut get it spinning the other way and uh yeah once he did it he had his solution to the you know the diving hook yeah. uh and uh as you have mm-hmm. you know yeah. when you get that thing going inside out you think you're going to hit the big slang hook yeah. and that's part of your vision you know you hang back too much you yeah. know and flip it and and you know to get your body turning more forward yeah. and through it mm-hmm. uh you know and hitting that cut shot is tremendously powerful sure i mean it really is jimmy ballard yeah. showed everybody that back in the day he said you know tell me the ball that goes the farthest mm-hmm. he said that's an over the top move mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody hits it Thought, they yeah. say oh then i came over the top and i hit it 20 yards over yeah. the green yeah. well if that's the case there must be something right about the move sure wow okay you know so yeah. that's what yeah. you're yeah so what so let's take an example like someone who's trying to break 90 their irons they have they struggle hitting the ground first maybe it's because they you know their wrists let's just say release too soon and kind of have a little bit of a scoop under so they can get get around the course but it's not quite as good as maybe it could be how would you recommend they practice that in the the donahue method well, you know, Andy, the Donahue method is continually developing. I know, I know. We're de- I mean, we're developing it right yeah, now. Yeah, that's why, absolutely. you know. That's well, I think you have to get the body. You have to be sure that the body is turning out in front. The body has to be, you know, sl- doing some slanging, you know. So okay. it's got to be rotating, you know, so that uh, the hips will come through first. Or if you wanted to freeze it at impact, the hips are rotated open, okay. you know, 30 to 45 degrees. Or, or whatever you would do if you were, you know, pitching or a ball sideways, you know, because mm. the, the action is, gets to be pretty, you know, felt and automatic, I think, when you yeah. do that. Uh, um, so, uh, so at any rate, that's, that's where I, I'd start. I'd make sure that that was happening because it's when the body stops moving you know, and uh, and leading and ensuring. So when the body is turning out in front, it's it's delaying or belaying the closing of the club face and mm-hmm. the scooping action of the club face. 
And so right. unless what's, what's at work is just this really insistent sense of, uh, you know, it's a snapping upward motion mm -hmm. that the club makes. Yeah. That, that, because if that's really what the operating image is for the athlete, then uh, we have to get them an experience of something else. So I would, you know, take them into the sand and, uh, you know, draw a line, a faint line in the sand, and we'd start mm. measuring the divots. You know, can sure. we make a divot that goes in front of that line? Got it. And, and play a game. I, I like playing games. Of, I like taking pictures of them because it's like uh, – it's like hieroglyphics. I mean, it, oh. you don't need words. So you're, I mean, hitting, you you're hitting the sand in different spots yeah. as a way to kind of just get more control and awareness of where the club is. And yeah, and can you do it? Get that you know, downward you, thing. Yeah. yeah. And okay. once you can do that, there still may be, you know, a, a motion. Uh, the, the athlete still may make a, a kind of a flapping action with yeah. the wrists and not a, a rotating action with a firm sure. lead wrist. Mm -hmm. uh, but because they're turning out in front, that slinging action with that goes is, is expressed in that slapping move. Yeah, you know, just hits the ball on time, hits it before it r gets past the wrists yep. yeah. at impact, and 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 that experience, you know, starts to develop. Uh, you know, that what's felt is that there's there is this felt lagging action, so that. Uh, the back of the left wrist is, in fact, pretty firm yeah. at the moment of impact. So, um, sure. that's the first thing. That's the first yeah. thing I do now. I know. I think George uh, Genkis, uh and I did this too. Uh, would also exercise the trail hand uh, as a mm. one one arm swing to be able to come through and maintain that heel of the hand yeah, forward like action even shots, to the yeah. follow through mm -hmm. doesn't george have have people yeah. practice that sort of mm -hmm. extended yeah, wrist like holding yeah yeah mm -hmm. holding yeah. well you know so there you go there's another way of doing it you know sure. that's another good exercise for that and yeah. i think that's that's uh, i used i started to use that uh for myself uh lefty and and managed it was a kind of an overcorrective move or something that softened up a little more, but I needed to have a little bit more of that forward bow, yeah. which actually felt like both hands. I, I wasn't thinking about I, either hand. I was mm -hmm. thinking about the hands as a, as a thing, as a unit. Ah, and okay. so it was, uh, it was an interesting two-sided thing. I yeah. mean, I would just, I call it my striker. I set my striker and then I, you know, some things I'm holding sort of rigid about so it doesn't move that way, so it will move in other ways. Like yeah. it will rotate, for mm -hmm. instance, more because there is no give, right? And there's sure. there's a little bit more of a downward delivery which facilitates the yeah. the rolling over because the, the trail arm, you know, does act like a, a, a piston in that it mm -hmm. is, is either going to throw or it's going to push down as as you yeah. as you swing through and uh so those are the choices those are among the choices that i'm exploring to uh create um power uh yeah. and to you know and to and i'm and i'm starting to get it i mean the melee has helped me you know has freed me up to you know 
develop a more of a turning swing than I've felt. For some reason in my life, I've always had more lateral and up and down mm. than, uh, than the sense of the club behind me and the sense of the body being in you know, a real rotational loaded state so that it can pull up, you know, forward and up. And um, so, you know, it's a, a part of it is that I've now got flexibility that I didn't have before, but some part of it is just that I hadn't conceived of it. Of like the rotating. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and the feeling, like you were saying, you know, your sense of space yeah. in lining up your car was sort of my sense of space in a three-dimensional uh, golf swing. Sure. I, it was sort of like I didn't quite get didn't it, quite I get guess. It. I didn't yeah. have a, you know, uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I didn't have a picture of a round as much as I do now. And, yeah. and I have to say that uh, I need to become better athletically at rotating because mm -hmm. uh, I've got pretty good balance from, from leg to leg, but I don't, uh, you know, to be able to turn and punch upward or to throw that um, heavy hose or that rope, yeah. I got to do more of that. Yeah. Okay. All right, Pete. Well, it's a clean okay. contact. Get out of here. Thank you very much. Oh, my pleasure, Andy. Thanks I hate it again. Yeah. Because okay. that shot was a defining moment. And when a defining moment comes along, Thank you.